Welcome to the Story of God podcast, where each episode helps everyday men and women see how they fit into the grand narrative of God's redemptive plan. Here's Ezra and Janelle. Why did Jesus speak in parables? That's our question as we jump into the first half of Matthew chapter 13 today. Jesus speaks in a lot of different ways. He uses proverbs, similes, uh, similitude, story, allegories, all these various forms of communication as parables. So it's fascinating. But again, I guess the question is why? I love that Jesus used different kinds of writing uh, to reach out to people too. He didn't always just speak in one uh, one way. Yeah, he spoke to different audiences, different people who connected in, in different ways. And so that's what we're going to look at today in the first half of Matthew 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying, a sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depths of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart in turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. 
He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first, and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. So Matthew 13 is full of parables. We're just looking at the first half of them today. Um, But one thing that strikes me about the parables is that they're really kind of showing to the hidden nature of the kingdom of God. At times, Jesus wasn't always um, super clear to everyone. He spoke in sort of riddles, you know, in these these stories that people had to think about and try to figure out what he was saying. Um, And I think it, it shows that the kingdom of God isn't always obvious. You know, sometimes I think we know how God will work. We kind of get this, oh, this is, this is how God's done it in the past. This is what he's going to do in the future. This is what he's doing right now. And sometimes we ignore what God is actually doing because sometimes his kingdom and the way he works can be hidden. There's different ways people respond to the kingdom. And so when Jesus shares these four different responses, um, you know, verse four, and he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. Birds come, they devour them. Other seeds, it's on rocky ground, and the sun scorches it, right? And um, and then other seeds, it's uh, seeds, it's among the thorns, and then others, it falls among good soil and produced grain, and then it grows. And it just reminds us that for people, how our response to scripture, our response to God's invitation to be involved in this grand story. Uh, is contingent often on the shape of our heart and our response. And so if we have a heart that is set to go our own way, uh, then our response to Christ is always going to push back. And we're, uh, we're never going to, the, the, the seeds, the good seeds of the gospel will never take root in our lives. And the heart is deceitful above all things. <laughs> I saw someone, uh, a comment on something the other day, and it just struck me because it was a believer and they had commented, um, just follow Jesus and follow your heart and you'll be okay. And it just struck me like, when did we start believing Hallmark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, not exactly. supposed to follow your heart. And this is something that just always strikes me. Um, the heart um, is deceitful. And in our heart, when you talk about it being in the right place, I think we need to be realizing how uh, foolish our hearts can be and how foolish, um, how foolish we can be in, in being in the wrong place, but being totally convinced, being totally set in our ways when Jesus is trying to tell us something different. Well, in the following verses here, verse 11, it says, and to you, or he answered, and to you it has been given to know um, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. And so this shows us here 
that um, knowing Christ is linked with understanding. So if we don't know Christ and we haven't taken that step, then there's a lot in Scripture that isn't going to make sense. And this is really an important point because for some, if you're approaching Scripture, if you're listening to this and you're not a believer, you've never accepted Christ, there are parts of Scripture that will seem very odd and will only make sense as you get to know Christ. And so this is when I would encourage people who are leading people to faith in Christ. Obviously, you want people have to have a full um, full enough understanding of who Christ was and who he is to make that decision. But that has to come first before gaining all the knowledge of Scripture. Um, because if, if you don't, there's a lot of Scripture that isn't going to make sense. And it's just impossible as an unbeliever to understand fully the Bible, because if you did fully understand the Bible, you would be a Christian. Well, I think it's important to point out that knowledge, really knowing someone, um, is is more than just, again, uh, understanding words. There's a lot, anyone can pick up the Bible and read it, but there's certain knowledge that comes from knowing the author of the words. Jesus is obviously, he's the, the word of God, the author of the Bible. And, um, I remember actually the first time that kind of struck me that Jesus is the word, like he, he literally is the word of God and how cool that was that, um, when God speaks, it's as if Jesus is there, you know? And, um, and so when we read the Bible as a Christian, we, um, we have Jesus with us and in the Holy spirit guiding us and leading us and helping us to understand what Jesus is saying to us. Kind of coming back to our question at the beginning of this, you know, why did Jesus speak in all these different parables? You mentioned that he spoke, you know, these parables come in the form of proverbs, similes, similitude, stories, allegories, you know, Jesus uses all these different ways to communicate. And why does he do that? And what does that say for the way that we should communicate? I, I think it says several things. I, I think it says that Jesus speaks to people where they're at. And I think this is a critical point to understand that sometimes you look back in scripture and you see all the abuse or, or things that... God seemingly permitted it and allowed to happen. But God, the, the story of God is that of a God who goes to where people are at. And so he doesn't speak above them. He speaks to where, again, they're at. And this tells me something about the way that I should share this story with others. That sometimes we have to recognize that you don't just come in with guns to blazing. I don't think that's ever really a good practice, but and, and just hit people over the head and say, okay, this is what scripture says, change, change. For some people, maybe that does work, right? And then they need kind of a cool dose of reality, but for a lot of people, it doesn't. And there's all these different ways uh, to communicate this grand story. And I think the, the key is to, well, we use that word exegete, right? We use that often in reference to scripture, but we also have to exegete culture and understand who we're speaking to. And there's a point where sometimes we do need to be willing to just speak, whether it's to a stranger or someone we don't know exactly where they're at, where, you know, if we feel compelled by the Holy Spirit to, to say something or to speak something into their life. But often I think we forget to, um, just get to know the people around us. It's like, um, well, they're out there, they're the world, they're evil. I'm not supposed to conform to the world. So I'm going to stay away from the world. Um, 
which I mean, we don't want to conform to the world, um, but we need to get to know them. And I would just challenge you um, today. I mean, do you know your neighbor's name? <laughs> do you talk to them? Do you get into their life at all? To, to I mean, maybe they're a Christian, <laughs> but maybe they, um, maybe they have a Christian background. Maybe they have some previous knowledge. Maybe they have none. Maybe they're from another um, religious background. And so, I, you know, I would encourage you, um, like Ezra was saying to kind of step a little bit into other people's worlds and, and try to find how, what am I going to be able to say that is going to compute? You know, it's going to, um, make sense to them. What can I say about Jesus that's going to touch their heart? In recognizing that when we share with other people, that there are going to be some people who are very receptive, but then there's going to be other, you know, three other categories of people that for whatever reason, the seeds of the gospel just do not stick. And the longer I grow my walk with God, the more I'm convinced that there is something to be said about just being present in people's lives for the long haul. And this obviously can't happen if we're um, impatient and we just jump in and out. But I think being present, and this is the beauty of social media, because even if you move now, you can still kind of remain present in people's lives. Mm. And so I, I think, and so someone who isn't receptive today might be receptive five, 10 years. I would say oftentimes it takes multiple hearings of the gospel for people to actually come to faith in Christ. And they need to see it often uh, lived out in someone's life. That what does this look like? Okay, oh, so this is, so by um, walking in step with Christ, this means there's no fear in death. Well, why Why is that? And then this prompts questions. And, you know, and so, again, it's, it's usually not a, a quick process for people, but often it, it might take years. And being that steady person that people know, you know, that they, they think of you, you know, they're in that maybe a crisis situation or, and the words that you said come back to them about Jesus. And you're the one they call because they know, oh, they're a Christian. They know Jesus. I need them to pray for me, or I need to talk to them, or I need them to help me work through this. And, um, I mean, there are definitely moments where we need to just, um, say the truth, say, um, witness, testify of what Jesus has done in our lives. But a lot of it is that steady Christian life that is, um, it's, it's a, a sweet, uh, smell <laughs> to Christ. It's to, to living for him and, um, other people can smell it too. So I just encourage you, if you're listening to this today, that, uh, one of the ways that you can make a difference is by sharing what God's doing in your life with someone else, casting seed, right? And don't let make the results, don't don't put that on your shoulders, but make an effort today uh, to cast your seed to someone else. Share the gospel with someone. And uh, by doing this, put your faith into action. Thank you for listening to the Story of God podcast. For more info on this program or to access other resources that will help you turn Sunday belief into Monday action, please visit themondaychristian.com. That's themondaychristian.com.